Now, to understand where I'm going, I just most of you will know it, but ask God to like you've never heard it before. The Bible starts with God. In the beginning, God. So everything starts with there is a God. And the second thing we learn is in the beginning, God, and God creates. So the first thing we see is that God takes a whole mess, the Holy Ghost hovers over it, he speaks, and he makes divine order out of a mess. And the other thing that we learn is that God only took one verse to describe the mess, but he spoke 11 verses of how to fix the mess. So wherever there is a mess, there is a word. Should be excited. So when God saw the mess, see, things have been, I've, I know in my own life, as I mentioned last week, I, I used to think more about my mess than I did the answers to my mess. And I found out the more I thought about the mess, the mess got bigger, I got more depressed. You, you know that you're in a mess. Have you ever, and I, I'm, I'm really guilty of this, I used to spend hours, days, months, and years thinking of what would I have done different if I could go back in time. Don't let me preach alone this morning. <laughs> see, the, the, see I, I spent years of thinking, when I had, if I had done this, if I went to school, I missed that opportunity. Uh, you know, anyway, but now realizing... Right, if I had read my Bible, then I would have seen that I can talk about the mess once and the rest of the other time I am speaking God's word to it. So what we learn, right from the beginning, there's God. God creates. Then he created an environment of grace, peace, love, joy, faith. And then he put man into his environment. See, when God created Adam, he never said to him, Adam, I'm going to put you in a mess and I want you to recreate heaven in this mess. But what God did in the beginning was he started with this is what it looks like. So what, what you see in the problem that we face in the world is if a child is born into a dysfunctional family where there is verbal abuse, there is physical abuse, there is sexual abuse, and they live in an apartment block where everybody's in the same thing, guess what? They think that this is normal. See, too, there are people out there that kids growing up, wives, husbands growing up, this is my normal. Isn't it amazing? Now just think about the, the trick of the enemy. The enemy takes people with the same problems, same everything, and then puts them in the same environment. So when you're walking down the street, you see your own house. Right? You walk into the supermarket, the discussions that you're hearing next door, you've just come out of. 
right? You see a kid screaming and the mother pulling her hair out. You go, I know. That's why I left my kids with my grandparents. But you see, but God did this first. He says, I want to put you in an environment so you know what normal is. So God always starts with giving us the normal And then he says this, if it doesn't match up, then you have the power to do it. Now, I want you to watch how powerful this is. So Adam and Eve sin. And there you go, you get from that moment on, they will introduce this word, the flesh. So when the Bible talks about the flesh, You'll find that Paul talks about it. It says, you know, the sin dwells in the flesh. No good thing can come out of the flesh. So they go from living in the spirit to now living in the flesh. So what's the first thing the flesh does this? God is now upset at you. You need to hide. So the flesh has no intellectual or spiritual ability to come up with the problem that they find themselves in. So Adam and Eve hide, but they do two things. They hide from God, they hide from each other, they blame God, and they blame each other. So what you have is you've got Adam and Eve now, They're going, there is no way back to God. We got to go and hide. So what they do is then they get put on fig leaves. Now, the fig leaves is flesh's attempt to hide something. But the problem the fig leaves did, it was a constant reminder that there was something wrong with you. So even though it covered, but it became the reminder what it's covering. You good? So the flesh's ability in you is to cover your problem, but in covering your problem, it becomes a constant reminder that you have a problem. The problem we have then is then we change fig leaves. You can get designer fig leaves. You got glow-in-the-dark fig leaves. Yeah, you know what? After this, you're not going clothes shopping, right? <laughs> so, did they now watch this? You know, the big thing that we learn in this is I actually wrote it down so I don't get it wrong. This is what the whole, when I started to look at this, this is what the Holy Spirit dropped into my spirit. There is no place sin, problem, sickness can take you where God cannot rescue you. See, Adam and Eve didn't approach God. So they were eternally damned. Now, the flesh couldn't have, it doesn't have the ability to go, okay, we've got to approach God, we've got to do this, 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 this. The only thing that the flesh knows to do, and it's what it's good at, is to hide you from God and each other. So what does God do? God leaves his throne and finds them. So what does it teach you? Wherever sin has taken you, wherever sickness has taken you, wherever people have taken you, 
is God can find you and rescue you. There is no place sin, sickness, depression can take you where God can rescue you. So therefore, you know what it means? If you are praying for your neighbor, they're in a place where God can rescue them. Whatever decision you are, whatever your way your relationships are, whoever you loved ones are not saved yet, they're not in a place where God cannot come and meet them. So when we pray, we pray with full confidence. When we pray, we pray with faith and love. Because God says, this is who I am. This is what fathers do. Fathers are not repelled at the mistakes of their children. They are attracted to them. The father has the ability to see beyond the sin, sickness, and mess and go, you're my child, and I can clean you up. And also he teaches you what the flesh cannot do, only God can do. So what did God do? He says, when he came to Adam, he didn't come empty-handed. That is why you find in the scripture, every time the people came to church, they always gave. Because the thing is, I want you to show this, in the kingdom, you're never empty-handed. Never. It is impossible to be in God's kingdom and be empty-handed. So God comes in, and when Adam and Eve see him, they go, he's coming, but he's got lambs with him. He's coming, and he's got provision. He's not coming with a stick. He didn't come with handcuffs. He didn't come with one of those, we used to call them paddy wagons, you know, the police where they throw you in, right? He didn't come with a mobile prison camp. What did he do? He came with a lamb. He came with provision. He says, when I find you, I will rescue you. I will never leave you in the condition that I find you. So what we find is this. It's all about Jesus. God said, you can't. But that doesn't stop the miracle. I haven't got the provision. That doesn't stop the miracle. My relationship, my mess is so bad that it's unrepairable. No, 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 no. Because God says the spirit is always above the flesh. And the spirit is always, has authority over what is beneath. So what we find first in the book of Genesis is that God is the source and everything that you have comes from God. It doesn't come from you. So your, the answer to your problem is not found in your flesh. The answer to your problem is found in God. So wherever you are, okay, however bad your situation is, I'm here to tell you that the Father says you, there is no place where sin or problems can take you where I will not find you and I will not rescue you. Wow. I love that. I, I'm actually going to frame. I'm actually going to frame that somewhere. <laughs> now, watch. So, what we do now? Watch this. When we understand this, then we start to understand salvation. See, to me personally, I think most of you know this, but it's worth remembering. I always thought that the cross, that the Father over did the punishment on Jesus. I always thought it was too much. I just go, in, in my thinking, 
was all I needed was the blood. If all I needed was the blood, why did Jesus go through so much torment? And I always thought, I still do it, I can't help it. Every time, like we were just on our holidays and I got a high card, I got a really good deal. You know the first thing did when we got to our room? was I Googled just to see if I can get a better deal. I just go, did I really get a good deal? I'm thinking I got a good deal. I know none of you do that. I, I, I get it. It's me. It's, it's, it's my flesh. Because, you know, bang for buck. If, you know, it, I, I want to know in a restaurant if they're going to charge me $150 for a meal, I want to see this $150. If I pay $150 and the guy races off and he gives me a, a Mac meal, and he goes, well, you know, it's $5 for the Mac meal. It's $45 to me to come and pick it up and give it to you. It's called service. Now, so watch this. So when I looked at salvation, I, and I remember as a, thinking to myself, God, how is it? And this is my question to me. How is it that I am not in awe of your salvation? How is it that I can talk about being born again and not be emotionally and physically and spiritually moved? To, to me, that was a valid question because the Bible says that they, the angels stand in awe of God. You know what awe means? That you don't know what to do, so you fall flat. It, it is the basic, I have no words for what I am seeing, hearing, feeling, and experiencing. My vocabulary has gone away. I can just go, <sighs> and I'm thinking, why can't I Get it? Until, until then I started God, and then I realized this. To understand revelation, you need the faith of the one who gave the revelation. See, if, it's not, if, I, give you a, if I give you my credit card and says you can buy anything, you can buy something to a limit, and then you need a pin, correct? I, I know most of you got the gold card that they just flash it and they give it to you. I get that. But there are some here. Maybe, maybe one. Maybe somebody that's going to look at this. Anyway. If I give you that card, but I don't give you the pin, you're limited. You can only have on, on, the, on my credit card, it's up to 100 because 100, it needs a pin. So you are limited. But if I give you my pin, then you have access to everything that the card was designed for. Now watch this. So going back to Adam, Adam was an observer. The only thing he had to do was to come into agreement on what was being done for him. Adam just had to do this. God, I receive he didn't say God I don't understand why the blood I don't like the blood I don't do this God says this see God has to give you the faith to receive what he has given you because the flesh can't take spirituality the flesh runs from the spirit and you know what the Bible says? The flesh fights the spirit. So any, anything that is made up in the flesh 
has an enmity. Enmity means a discord. It means it will fight. So my, when Adam sinned, everything that came natural to him fought God. That is why when it comes to giving, whether it's encouragement, I, I don't want to give encouragement. I don't want, that's the flesh talking. Well, I don't want to be kind. That's the flesh talking. I don't want to forgive. That's the flesh talking. I can't see the answer. That's the flesh talking. So what you start to see that you get, especially there are two main uh, voices that are recorded for us in the New Testament. And that's Paul and Peter, both apostles. And they, were, they started to deal with this thing. It is, what did you receive from salvation, one, and how did you receive it? Because if you, if you think that you received it by doing something, you will take that into the kingdom. Now, get this mental picture within you. Let's say that this pulpit is the doorway into the kingdom of God. I come to a closed door. And in my thinking, I'm thinking, man, this is what I've got to do. I've got to be good. I've got to do this. And if somehow, by some miraculous way, that my works are good enough, it opens the door and I get into heaven. Now, I have been taught how to live in the kingdom. Because I entered the kingdom through works, and now I am in the kingdom, and how do I keep my salvation? Works. So what happens is this, is that Peter and Paul spent copious amounts of writing explaining what happened in a split second. See, if, if I believe that I, I've got something, there was something within me that drew Jesus, and it was something in me that got me my salvation, then I am in a place where I am dependent upon that. That means that's what I got to keep. That's what I got to feed. That's what I got to protect. See, if I feel like I'm being saved because I pray for three hours a day, I will protect my three hours. If I feel that I am loved only when I do certain things, I will protect those things. That is why some people become so protective of songs. They hear one song. And I go, wow, well, let's go to protect that. Why? Because under that song, I got saved. No, 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 no. That was the background music to your salvation. I never heard of anybody going to a praise and worship service and not opening their mouth and just said, I've walked outside. Now, this will make sense. So look at this. So Peter is dealing with this. In uh, 2 Peter 1.1, 1, 1, it says this. Simon Peter, a bondservant. Now, I just want you to see this. The word there, bondservant, is not what we think. It's a relational term. It is like a son working in his father's house. So he says this. Peter, a bondservant and apostle. He doesn't put the two together. He doesn't say the work that he is doing. He starts off with relationship. So he goes, he starts off with something. He always starts with that 
I am a bondservant. I am knit together with Jesus. I have given my life to Jesus. I am in relationship with Jesus. And then he says, then I'll give you my job description. I want you to notice something. Your gift and abilities to serve is not who you are. I'm not, see, you, yes, we do that, but it doesn't make us. And he says this, to those that have received a faith of the same kind as ours, by the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ. Now watch this. The Greek word that was translated like precious in this verse, itiomos, which means of equal value or honor. I want you to get this. What's he talking there? Because there was this teaching that some are more blessed than others. We get that. How many books have we got today of how to increase your faith? Isn't that interesting, right? When the disciples asked Jesus to increase their faith, he ignored them. I go, excuse me, Jesus, you did not answer my question. Jesus increased their faith. It keeps on going. Hey, he didn't hear you, Judas. Thomas goes, I doubt that. What, see, the, 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 get, get a load of this. P, Peter is saying this right now. That every single person has received the same measure, quantity of quality of faith. We can, we can just pack up shop and go home now. I want you to notice this. We want to go really deep today. When you were saved, God didn't renew your righteousness. When you were saved, God did not renew your faith. You know what God did? He gave you His righteousness. Now, that is so different from I'm being made right. We, if, we, if we put weight on, I have been made right. But God says, no, this. The same righteousness that Jesus had has been transferred into you. Same measure, same quality, same quantity. So therefore, when our father, your father, looks at you, He's looking at the same righteousness that he sees in Jesus, he now sees in you. And yet, how is it that there is this feeling, I'm not good enough? You okay? So when you look, at, and I asked I ask the Holy Spirit this morning, and I go, why, do I, why, why are you pressing this on me? And he says this. It's because most people look at all the victories. In, you know, we look at Abraham. We look at Isaac. We look at David. And you go, oh, yeah, that was special. Come on. How many of you grew up in a big family? Okay, I'm from 11. <laughs> Mom and dad, 12. Grandparents on both sides, 16, right? Relatives, 18. There was favoritism. There was blatant favoritism. It, it was, 
do not tell me it's fair. That was, the word fair was you had to fight for survival. See, most of you don't know this, right? But why do you pray before you eat? Come on, this is deep. Why do you pray? Well, we used to pray so that we could all start at the same time. Because to, to us, the, the meal was put on the table. Everybody's there. First thing you do, you eye out what you want to go for first. Right? So you leave the vegetables. Vegetables, salad, no, 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 no. You, you go for the meat. You, you, uh, meat, sauce, bread, yeah. So dad prays. And, and I, I believe in short prayers. My, my prayer for food is thank you, Jesus, for the food. Amen. That's how I do it. <laughs> Why wait? When, when, my dad had a, when, my, when my dad had a long prayer, we were suffering from malnutrition. Uh, <laughs> right? It, 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 it wasn't fair. You know, my brother, because we, 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 were, we, were, we were loved by Jesus, but we were always broke. So... There was favoritism because my brother get, got to buy the clothes new. He would wear it out. And when he outgrew it, guess what? That is not fair. I, I remember one time somebody gave mom this daggiest suit, a, a suit from the 1920s. It was shiny. It was, oh, I think, I think oh, it was just bad. He gave it to us. And guess what? My mom made me wear it to church. I was the only young kid with an out-of-dated suit. And, and, and I'm walking, and these, and these people that were 150 years old, goes, she goes to him, hey, John, John, yeah, how you doing? Hey, you had a suit like that 100 years ago. And, and, and then she goes, I'm glad I threw it away. And I go, I hate it could be your suit, man. Give me back my husband's suit. <laughs> Come on, school is all about favoritism. We grade you. Why do we grade you? So that we can separate you. Why do we separate you? So that we can treat you different. Come on. We did that in sport. First thing I learned in sport at school was you line up, you pick the two best players out of the sport, correct? You put them in front, and what do they get to do? They pick. And do they start at the bottom and go to the top? or do they? I just want to know where you are. That's, I'm, work, I'm working on it. Right? It's favoritism. Because in the flesh, the spirit of favoritism is normal. It's normal. You, you get a job. And you get a parking, you get your own parking, 150 meters away from the office. The, the more you, the better you are, guess what? The parking starts to move. And, and you know where you are by the packing order. Hey, Ted, go and make the coffees. Then I'm going there, where's my coffee? You know, so, so what, see, the flesh does that. And see, when you interpret, the Spirit of God through the flesh, you always get it wrong. So it takes the faith. We'll, we'll deal with it next week. God's given you His faith. Then He gives you His righteousness. Guess what? Then He gives you His forgiveness. How many know there's favoritism in forgiveness? 
Yeah, I forgive you, yeah. But wait. <laughs> you just wait. I forgive you, but, but why are you still mad at me? But I forgive you. It just takes a, bit, takes a while, all right? See, Peter was dealing with this fact. Now, that is that you think that there are others with more faith than you. Now, put it this way. Take ability away, because that's what Paul does. So Peter does in the first place. He breaks or separates his gifting to who he is. Because some of, that is why so people get caught up on their gifting, because that becomes their identity. But the identity of a gifting doesn't provide for you. It's for others. The reason you got a gift is so that you can serve. The reason our worship team is so hot is because they're here to serve. You don't see Stephanie going, hey, everybody, I've arrived. <laughs> You've all come to hear me. Come on. So the, the worship team practice during the week. They come in here, and what do they do? They're here to do that. It's not about their identity. I'll go. Okay. No, no. Watch this. Have received the same spirit or the same kind of faith. So therefore it means this. Now watch this. How can you receive what God has given you in your own faith? Natural faith works in the flesh. Supernatural faith receives the spirit. So if the natural faith could have given you his righteousness, there wouldn't have been the need for the cross. Watch this. Okay. I'm just looking at the time. Look at Ephesians 4, 4, 4 to 6. Now, I need you to do something for me. You need to be thinking, for you to move forward, it's before salvation and after salvation. You cannot mix the two. Now, you were all called to travel on the same road and in the same direction. So stay together, both outwardly and inwardly. You have, listen to this now, watch this. You have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father and Father of all, who rules over all, works through all, and is present in all. Everything you are and think and do is permeated with one, permeated with oneness. So therefore, watch this. If God wants me to do what He does, I need His ability to do what He does. God said, "If you speak to this mountain, it will move." He, he did. When you start looking at this, it says, if you want mountain-moving faith, you need to receive mountain-moving faith. If we go back to uh, verse 1 of Peter, it says, those who have what? Received. So in, in Ephesians, Paul is going, listen, every one of you is going in the same direction. What does that mean? Every one of you is going to encounter the same problems. Every one of you is going to have obstacles. But, he goes, but my destiny 
is that I have put something inside of you that is independent of what you had. See, you couldn't get saved with your flesh faith. You couldn't do it. That is why it says, faith cometh by? And hearing by the? Wow, think about it. You couldn't get saved until the word of faith was preached. That is why the Bible says, you know, don't ask who's going to go up, bring him down, or down to bring him up. The word is near you and in you, and it needs to be released. So in the first part of it, Peter says this, the word of God is in you and the faith is in you. Now look at this, look, working as the mentality from before and after. Look at Romans 7 and 18. Now this is Paul talking, okay? So this is not, uh, not, not, not some way out of the blue. For I know that nothing good lives within the flesh of my human, fallen human humanity. The longings to do what is right are within me, but listen to this, the willpower is not enough to accomplish it. Ooh. This is before he goes, I know there's, there's nothing good inside of me. So here's my thing. Why are we trying to redesign the flesh when we have been given the opportunity to live out of our spirit. And therefore, we can get a lot of mixture. Paul is saying this, I know I want to have this quality of life. I want to have this peace. I want to have this joy. I want to have this relationship. I want this life that is God has provided. But then he says this, but I can't do it through willpower. Now, we you know what's interesting is the guy that's reading it. He was full of willpower. Do you realize he was one, on that scene, he was one of the most educated rabbis in his time. He was the cream of the cream. So he had education. Number two, he had a Roman citizenship. That means the only way to get a Roman citizenship is you had to be cashed up. Romans loved you if you were cashed up. If you weren't cashed up, you were a servant. So he had it all, and he says this, I reached the pinnacle in my religious procession, but I still can't get it. He goes, I have all the willpower, I have the finance, I have the credibility, I have the influence, but it's not enough. And there's not enough willpower. So what God is saying here, in the flesh... There is no amount of willpower that will give you the spirit. Now, have a look at this, the after now. Romans 8, 79. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to his direction because it cannot. I want you to listen to me carefully. It can't. Doesn't matter how good you are. Doesn't matter what you do. Your flesh can't buy its way in. 
Your flesh can't work its way in. Your flesh can't do it. So you, you cannot get something supernatural by doing the natural. Listen to this. For no matter how hard they try, God finds no pleasure with those that are controlled by the flesh. So, so, so you know what we do? We can go, Jesus, I want to please you. I want to please you and worked really hard. It, it, God, I'm going to sing on the top of my lungs. Then you'll be pleased with me. See, worship that comes out of the Spirit puts a smile on God's face. Worship that comes out of the flesh, He ignores. That is why, when you, that's why we bring our kids to church. Because our kids worship whether we know it or not. The, the Bible says that John the baptizer, when he heard Mary's voice, he was moved and filled with the Holy Spirit. So a baby can hear and be filled. Wow. That's what, our kids went to church before they came out. Now, so what Paul's doing, he says, the reason you get tired is because you're trying to get a breakthrough in the flesh, but it comes by my faith. My salvation, my faith. Write this, verse 9. But when the Spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not dominated by the flesh, but by the Spirit. Always keep in mind that what we talked about in the first thing is what the flesh does, but the Spirit. And you are not and are you not joined to the Spirit of the Anointed One? Are you not of Him? Do you realize now that God has come and He says this, Ted, to me, to you, and He goes, I have a problem with your righteousness. I'm not going to clean it up. I'm going to give you mine. Bang. So my righteousness is gone. My, my righteousness stays in the flesh, but now I have a new righteousness. And He goes, my faith couldn't do this. I could not do it. So now God says, I'll give you my faith so that you can receive my promises. And Paul and Peter and James and John all hammered this point home. Is that when you were born again, when you heard the word, God said, your natural faith has brought you this far. Your natural faith is knocking on the door. Your natural faith is saying, I am trying. Your natural faith is saying, oh yeah, but I'm going to try harder. I'm going to do this more. I'm going to do this more. And you come to the end. And then God says, now I'm going to give you a choice. See, in the flesh, you have no choice. Think about this. Go back to Genesis. What choice did Adam and Eve have? They only saw one solution. Run. Hide. Blame each other. Because you need conversation. <laughs> but then you get in the spirit. And God says, what the flesh couldn't do because it was weak, Jesus did on the cross. And we're going to, we come, I'm already at the end. I worship team if you'd like to come. You, you know, we're going, to, we're going to deal with the scripture where God, Paul is saying, I have been crucified with Christ. That's my flesh. And the life I live, I now live by the faith of God. 
So you know what Paul's saying? So if you, are, if you look at Paul and you go, wow, the reason you is wow is because he didn't use his flesh faith, he used his God faith. You know, the, the reason we are impressed with Abraham is because he used God's faith. Let me just show you because you're smart, correct? You're smart. Adam didn't have any sort of faith until God talked to him. Think about this. Adam, sorry, Abram lived in a heathen environment, heathen gods, did everything. Got asked to leave by a God he didn't know. And then when God spoke to him, faith comes by what? So it is noted that Abraham heard and he got believed. And God says, this is how it's done. And guess what? Think about this. What he couldn't do in the flesh, he couldn't have a baby in the flesh. Guess what? He received a natural baby by the Spirit. Wow. I just want to leave you with this thing. There is no place where the flesh takes you that God cannot reach you. There are no hiding places with God. So that gives me confidence. If you're feeling like I'm too far gone, this is good news. Um, if you're feeling that you've made so many mistakes, can I? Isn't it, um, don't have to put your show of hands, but I'll, I can see them. Okay. Think of the worst problem, a mistake that you could make. Let me tell you the biggest mistake in the world: Adam and Eve put sin into every single person on the globe. Think about that. You were in Adam when he sinned. One act got the whole world, correct? That's bad. Come on. You know, people say, what did you do? Oh, yeah, I stole, I stole from Maccas. What, what did you do? Well, I, you know, I, you know, I went to Coles and there was no one looking, so I didn't scan it, I put it. But whatever, right? Adam does something horrific. The result is that the Son of God had to be punished for him. And guess what? He was restored and he didn't feel any condemnation. Now, if God can do that to Adam and Eve, what can he do to your life? Come on. Hey, come on. See, to, to me, before I understood this, I had this in mind, when I get to heaven, I am going to have a real good talk with Adam. I was going to bring, I was going to bring the big guns. And we were going to go for a walk. And I go, Adam, this will hurt you more than it hurt me. Because, man, I'm going, I, 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 I'm going to get you. You, you. you did this. And yet, God says, Ted, I fixed, I recreated what he had restored. And he goes, he didn't do it. I did it so that he doesn't get the glory. So the person that makes the mistake hasn't got the answer to the mistake. It's the Spirit. So I just want to encourage you, church. Hey, be encouraged today. Speak to yourself kindly. Speak to your relationships kindly. Sorry, I'm just thinking this is my worship team. 
But I want to finish today. We're going to open up for prayer if you need prayer. But I want you to just do this for me. You're coming to Jesus with His faith, so therefore you can receive Him. Ask God for this, God. I want to see salvation through your faith. I want to see forgiveness through your faith. Listen to me carefully. If you're always feeling guilty, that means you're not receiving it from God. Receive God's fullness of salvation. The thief on the left-hand side, he's got nothing to give, and he says, Jesus, I just want you to remember me. And God says, I'm good at remembering. I always keep my word. And then he says this, today you will be with me in paradise. So I want you to notice, today you will be in the presence of God. Today you're going to get a breakthrough, okay? Today, in this afternoon, God's going to do something for you, right? God's going to do something for you. And right now, I want you to stop living out of your self-effort, out of the flesh. Your flesh fights God. I've got willpower. No, don't worry about your willpower. Willpower is spelled in the spirit, no power. What the flesh couldn't do because it was weak, God did in the cross. So I want you to do this for me. And I've got to close now because I'm hitting an, I'm in another mode. Is that what are you struggling with that you've been trying over and over and over to overcome? Why not today use God's faith and let your willpower go? Come on, why don't you stand up with me? Holy Spirit, right now.